Hey, what's up, everybody? I am John Ricard. This is Camera Work Podcast. I had the silliest thing happen yesterday that has happened to me in a long time. So I was planning to do a boudoir workshop. We set it up about two weeks ago. We put it up on Eventbrite, and I have a meetup group. We put it in there as well. I'll put a link, I guess, to the meetup group in the description for this video. And we put up the workshop at $100. We limit it to eight people. And you have two models. What happens is you come, you get a one-hour lecture or presentation, workshop, whatever you want to call it, on lighting and posing. And then you have two hours to photograph the models. So I figure this is cool because it's, sometimes I'll see people do workshops, particularly if it's like a boudoir thing or, you know, models and lingerie, where the only thing they're really doing is like providing a girl, providing a place to shoot, and they just kind of throw you to the wolves. They don't care if the girls are getting bad pictures. They don't care if you're getting bad pictures. They just want to take your money and that's it. So I wanted to do something that's a little bit better where we actually teach you how to shoot and then give you a chance to shoot something interesting because I see so many people have all of these great cameras that buy in D850s and Fujis and Sony, you know, and they don't have anything to photograph. They're taking pictures of funny signs and subway performers. And I'm like, is that really why they bought the camera? Because they had to have a picture of a subway performer. You know, and I think a lot of people like to shoot pretty girls. That's, you look at any magazine, whether it's a men's magazine, like a Maxim or a woman's magazine like Cosmopolitan, you see pretty girls in it. So that, that's something that a lot of people like to shoot, a lot of people like to look at, whether they're men or women. So give people an opportunity to shoot something like that and at the same time learn about lighting, and learn about posing, you know. And on that similar note, it's funny because like every show my wife watches, which is all just female reality shows, it, the, every show is filled with women with implants in bikinis going to Jamaica. Like, and I always think it's so funny. I'm always saying to her, how is it that every show you watch has a bunch of women, like half naked? And all the shows I watch is, like, if there are women on the show, they're shooting each other. There are cops from the future or something like that. Or it's the walking dead and they're killing people with swords. And all your shows are women with implants on their way to Jamaica. It makes no sense. But in any event, we put up this workshop. Within about seven to 10 days, it sold out completely. We put up a second one for um, the 24th of this month, which is February, and that already sold two tickets. But anyway, so we get to the, the day of the, of the workshop. Workshop is supposed to start at two o'clock. People start arriving at 1.30. I'm talking to everybody, just kind of informally. I don't want to start the real thing that I'm going to talk about until everyone gets there. They all get there at about two. So I go, okay, let me start the real presentation. So I start talking, you know, first we ask everybody, you know, what's your background photographically? What do you want to get from the workshop? What do you like to shoot? Things like that. Start talking. Mind you, neither model is here at this point. We've got two models. Now, both of these models are models that I've worked with already because I can't book a model for a boudoir workshop if I haven't shot her myself. I don't know if she's going to show up the day of the workshop if she hasn't shown up at the studio prior. And I need to make sure she's gonna be cool with the kind of shots that everybody's expecting to do. I don't want, on the day of the shoot, she turns around and says, oh, you know, I can't wear this or I can't wear that. I wanna make sure we've gone through that, that I photographed the model, I can kind of vouch for her that she is going to be good for the workshop. So the two models we booked, I had shot about 10 days earlier. Anyway, it's two o'clock, 2.15, I'm doing my presentation. And I'm going, well, what time are the girls supposed to be there? I didn't actually set up the workshop. I have an assistant who does it. So I text her, I say, well, it's 2.15, you know, what time are the girls supposed to arrive? Because the way we had set it up, it's going to be an hour workshop on lighting and posing that I'm delivering, and then you get two hours to shoot the models. 
So I'm figuring maybe she told the girls to come at three instead of two. Text her, what time are the girls supposed to arrive? She says, 1.30. Like, this is crazy. So start doing the presentation. I do another 15 minutes. By the time I get to about 2.20, maybe 2.30, I say to the guys, look, I'm done. That's it. Like, I've presented everything I can present without us shooting or without having a model here to kind of demonstrate some of the posing to do the next part. There's nothing that I can do. I'm done. I don't know where the girls are. Check with my assistant. Neither, to, to cut to the chase, neither model shows up. It's a paid gig. They've both been to the studio already. They've done this exact session with me. They've confirmed yesterday that they're coming. And on the day of the shoot, neither model shows up. Now, as far as the workshop goes, I, I managed to salvage that. I said to everyone, you're gonna get a full refund. Whatever fees might have been assessed by Eventbrite, we're gonna refund that as well. We're gonna make sure you get whatever, the exact amount that you paid, the 100, I promise you're gonna get it back. Text to my assistant, start the refunds now. I'm like, you're gonna be seeing your email is gonna pop up within the next like 20, 30 minutes. It's going to say 100% refund. So don't worry about that. And we can spend another couple of hours here in the studio and we can just talk about whatever. We can talk about lighting, we can still talk about posing or whatever you guys want to talk about. These guys ended up staying in the studio, every one of them, a minimum of two hours. Like one guy left after about two hours, another one left in about two and a half hours. By three o'clock, everyone had, uh, three hours rather, everyone had left. But every, everyone stayed two hours. So I was pleased with that. It made me feel like people understood that I wasn't trying to rip them off. It wasn't something that we just threw together without any thought or that it was poor planning on our part. It wasn't that as to why it happened, that it was just one of those things that happened. Granted, we could have had models on standby, but I really believed if these two models had shot this exact thing with me just a few days earlier, we would have been fine that day. But, you know, I was pleased that the guys all understood and we had a good time in that you know, two hours to three hours of talking about things. And I went over hard lighting, soft lighting, and continuous lighting with them, and, and it was fun. But it just amazes me how the models, like if anyone's not gonna show up on a shoot, it's the model. And so many times, they are the ones who benefit the most. And maybe that's not the case on this particular workshop. It was a paid workshop for them. Not a lot of money, but it was paid. So they were benefiting in some way, but so many times I'm doing a test shoot and things like that, and the hair shows up, the makeup shows up, the clothing stylist, if we have one, shows up, I'm there, and then the model doesn't show up. When I do test shoots, I'll have my assistant usually book anywhere between three and five models, and all I need is two. But just to guarantee that two are gonna show up, I'll have her book five. It's unbelievable. And I never understand it because I always feel like, let's say you're supposed to be there at 1.30. At 12.30, you know if you're gonna be there at 1.30. There's no reason to say at two o'clock I'm running late if you were supposed to be there at 1.30. You know an hour ahead of time if you are in route and if you look like you're going to make it. And if it's a paid shoot and I have a budget, if you tell me at nine o'clock in the morning that you can't make it, I can get someone by one o'clock easy. I can go to Craigslist and find a model to come out and do this shoot if I need it in an emergency if it's a paid shoot. So. Um, Really disappointed in that, but we rescheduled it for uh, Feb February 24th will kind of be the reschedule of this. And we actually dropped the price to $75. So even though we sold it out at 100, we, I don't know, I just kind of thought 75 was the price point right now for it. Maybe when I get the workshop, 
Once I've done it like five or six times and I have it super tight and really, really perfected, we'll bring it back up to 100, but for now it's $75. So it should be cool once we actually get these rolling. And um, again, I'll put the meetup group I'll put the meetup group link in the description for the YouTube version of this video and more people listen on, listen on iTunes than YouTube. So if you're listening on iTunes, just search camera work, John Ricard. I think this is episode 65 or 66. Just look for it. Look for the description. You'll see the meetup group. We're also doing free meetups, which I think is really cool. Just kind of in the proper spirit of what I think meetup should be. It shouldn't just be me trying to sell you a workshop. So there'll always be free meetups and the one that we're doing next is I'm not sure what I'm going to call it it's something like aspirations versus perceptions that's what I'd like to call it but I don't think that makes a lot of sense to most people but what we do in that workshop is we I ask you first to write it down what what are your goals as a photographer are you a hobbyist do you want to be full-time just what what do you want to get out of this then I ask how do you want to be seen as a photographer how do you want to be perceived like I would like to be perceived as an expert photographer in many different areas. I want to be known as the person who can do a beauty shoot, who can do a boudoir shoot, who can go on location and shoot an album release party with a camera flash, someone who can do documentary photography, street photography. I like being known as being a diverse photographer. I like being known as someone who's respected by my peers, who has good relationships with my peers. I like being a person that as a photographer that no one can say whether they are a model or a client or another photographer that I treated them poorly. That uh, I've even told stories on a podcast that a guy on um, Howell Teague one time and I talked about how um, he came to the Jiu Jitsu Academy where I trained Marcelo Garcia Academy and I was nice to him and then a year and a half later I was contacting him about working for Flow Grappling and he says Oh, we know each other. Like, how do we know each other? He says, yeah, I came by the academy and we talked. You know? But when I spoke to him, I didn't speak to him because I thought maybe one day I was going to be approaching him about a job. I, I'm just nice to everybody. So naturally, I was nice to him, not because he had some kind of status. It's just how I am. So that's how I would like to be perceived. So we ask you that question. How do you want to be perceived in the industry or how do you want people to look at you? But anyway, so we ask you those two questions. What are your goals and how do you want people to view you? And then we look at your social media, look at your website. Is evidence of who you want to be and how you want people to see you, is evidence of that on your website? Is it in your social media? Or does your website and your social media con communicate something totally different? And does your website make sense? Are you still doing the thing where you categorize the pictures like um, you know, digital and film? Well, no one cares how you shot it. Why is that relevant? And maybe you have a reason for it. Maybe that's part of your branding that you can explain why you categorized your images that way. But chances are, if you categorized it something like that, it really makes no sense to categorize it that way. So we look at things like that. And there's a lot of like, errors that I see people make on their site that sometimes they're not aware of. Even things that are sort of um, like non sequiturs. Not sure how to explain it properly. But you have categories, and let's say they're like, nouns and then one category is like a verb. I may not be able to explain this off the top of my head. I'd have to show you on the site. But you know, you have these like categories that say like portfolios and like services and galleries. And then there's this other category that it, it doesn't fit the syntax of what you used on the other categories. And that makes it very unclear. I can't really explain it. I'm sorry. I would have had to think about it ahead of time, which I don't when I do the podcast. But 
in any event, it's a fun workshop, and I do that one for free just so I can kind of give to the community and connect with people, let them know who I am. But, uh, but anyway, um, that was such a, an odd experience because it was fun talking to everybody, and the experience worked out okay. No one was mad. They knew they got their money back, and again, everybody hung around for hours afterwards. But wow, the way these models are not showing up, it's unbelievable how often you go through that. It really is. And I spoke recently about you know, what is a good opportunity? And I think that's something that sometimes people don't really see. And I think my workshop, if you're a model, is a good opportunity because if I book you for one workshop and you do a good job on it, I'm gonna book you for another workshop. And maybe one of those photographers is going to want to book you for something that they're doing. And maybe they're gonna to wanna to book a private session with you and you get another gig out of it and you blow it off because you don't see it as a good opportunity. I had a model that I wanted to work with, I shot her. And then she went back to Miami and I said, next time you come to New York, make sure you reach out to me. I want to shoot you again. So on Instagram, she was back in New York. I reach out to her. I say, hey, let's shoot. And she says, well, I'm doing a lot of fashion shows for New York Fashion Week. Again, so what's a better opportunity if you're a model? Go to New York Fashion Week in front of whatever, hundreds of people. And there's, I mean, there could be there could be 60 people photographing a fashion show in New York Fashion Week, without a doubt. And hundreds of people in the audience. And it used to air on TV on like, um, you know, like unknown cable channels. Now I'm sure it's streaming on the internet somewhere. I doubt it's anywhere on TV, but it's on the internet, potentially being seen by all of these people. There's always people in the audience taking a picture. What's a better opportunity doing that? Well, coming to my studio and it's maybe me, you, and a makeup artist. Or maybe me, you, makeup, and a hairstylist. Or maybe me, you, makeup, hair, and a fashion stylist. What's a better opportunity? I think most people would say the fashion show is a better opportunity, right? Obviously. How could that not be the better opportunity? But really think about it. Maybe that's not the better opportunity, though. A lot of the fashion shows are not paid. Certain types of fashion shows, even though they're labeled as being part of New York Fashion Week, they're not actually paid. It's very complicated to pay people. I've got to get the W-9, we have to get, they, not me, because I don't have anything to do with this, but they have to get you know, your social security, make sure you're documented. They don't want to be paying people that aren't here legally and all of that. And if they give you a check, then what happens if you don't cash it for a year and you come back, the check won't clear because it's a year old and I'm waiting for you to cash it. Just all of this nonsense. So much easier for them just not to pay you. And there are so many girls who want to be part of New York Fashion Week. So many people just want to throw that hashtag on Instagram, NYFW, that they will gladly walk that show for free. That's possible you're not getting paid if you do the fashion show. And even though they don't pay you, the designers don't even have the courtesy to say, well, we're going to make sure you get a great photograph of yourself at the show. And we hired a photographer and we're going to make sure he shoots every model and we're going to make sure that that gallery is public for you guys to access. So at least you can put a great photograph of yourself on Instagram. Or we hired a photographer just to make sure we get pictures for you guys to get your pictures for your Instagram or your portfolio or your website. Or we're shooting video and we're going to make sure you get the clip. We're going to do all separate clips. Each model, we're going to do a separate little clip of the 30 seconds when you walk. We're going to make sure you get that clip. They're not doing that. So you could easily do the show and not have anything from it. And the model who I wanted to shoot she had a clip in her story. It wasn't even on her real proper Instagram. It was on her story, which is going to disappear in 24 hours. 
She had it on a story, and it was a clip that a model friend of hers had filmed the screen. You know, they projecting the show on a screen, and the friend had filmed the screen when she walked. That was what she had to show from the fashion show. So as big a deal as this fashion show might seem, what she had to show for it was a phone video of a screen of her walking. That's what she had to show for it. Now granted, she might have met someone there. There's a lot of people at Fashion Week. So maybe she met someone there and booked a $10,000 job there. Who knows? But it's also possible that she went out to this fashion show, spent the entire day, and she's one of 40 girls, 20 girls, whatever, who walked in the show, <clears throat> excuse me, who walked in the show. She doesn't have a picture to show for it. She doesn't have a videotape, a video of her walking in the show. It wasn't paid. And now it's over, and so what? What did you get from that? Okay, you could have come to my studio, and you could have said, well, what I'm missing from my book is more commercial images, or more lifestyle images, or more sexy images, whatever. We could have shot that. You might have come to my studio and filled in a gap in your website. You know, that test shoot would have been way more about you than a fashion show. That test shoot would have been something that you could have directed more for what you specifically needed. You might have a comp card that's 80% done. We could have gotten that shot for you, and maybe that comp card will help you book an actual paying job. So <clears throat> I'm not by any means saying that, that it's automatically better. I would never be so obnoxious to suggest that it is automatically better to come and shoot with me and a partial team than to go do a fashion week show. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that when we look at opportunities, at what's a good opportunity, sometimes you really have to think about it or maybe think a little bit out of the box and don't just automatically think, well, this is a bigger event, it's definitely a better deal. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I mentioned a week or two ago about how I might say to a photographer, hey, I'll trade you three days at my studio for whatever, for some training in this program or for some gear or whatever it is. But you might think, well, that's not valuable to me. I'm not a studio photographer. But if you're not a studio photographer, that's when it's most valuable because I'm opening a door for you that you didn't even know you might open. That's valuable. Giving you money, money is ordinary. Money is common. We're all making money. We can make money every day. You can go to McDonald's and make money. Go get a job in two, three days, you're paid. You're making money. That's not that special, but if you are a person that's never done studio photography and now you've got three days in a studio, that's potentially life-changing, career-changing. That's a good opportunity, but maybe your frame of reference is such that you're thinking that's not a good opportunity because that's not what you're looking for. But I think sometimes we have to reframe that. And I know for me, when I get opportunities that are different, that's a big deal for me. If someone offers me to shoot an opportunity to shoot something I don't normally shoot, I want that more than another you know, headshot or executive portrait or whatever it is that I'm making money on at that moment. So um, just something to think about, the, the opportunity thing, okay? And um, regarding Fashion Week, man, that's funny. Like, I, the first time I went to Fashion Week was 2001. No, it was before 2001 because the first time I went to Fashion Week in New York, I was able to just walk in. I went with a, a stylist 
And I didn't have any kind of credential. And she said, if you walk in like you belong there, you're gonna walk right in and no one's gonna say anything. And I'm like, how am I gonna hide the camera? She says, you don't have to hide the camera. You're gonna walk in like a photographer, just walk right in. And they're gonna just let you in because there's you know, hundreds of press people. And I did it, walked right in. Now, once we got to 9-11, that kind of thing changed in New York. There weren't a lot of places you could just walk in without stopping with ID and signing in and things like that. But there was a time in New York not that long ago when you could do that. But um, at that time, Fashion Week was much more of an authentic event where you had more designers and magazine people and things like that. Now, I mean, I only went to one show this year, although Fashion Week just started a couple days ago, so maybe I'll end up at another one. But I only went to one show, which my wife actually got the invitation to. It's at the Cipriani Restaurant near Grand Central Station in the city. And it's just all regular people. I, I don't know if there was one person that was really working in the fashion industry. It's just a bunch of people with cell phones who want a picture of themselves at a fashion week show so they can throw that hashtag up. No one cares what the models are wearing. There's not one person saying, oh, they're using more pink this year, or oh, they're using saffron in the clothing. Or, like Nobody cares about that. And all during the show, it's just people moving. Everybody's moving, they're switching seats so they can get a better shot with their phone, and the phone is blocking me, who's behind them. And, just, it's just a lot of like chaos and moving and not one person is going, oh, I want to actually see the show. It's just all about documenting that I was at the show so I can tell my friends I'm here, but no one cares. And I guess that kind of takes us full circle back to that original point with the model. Like these people are barely even noticing you in the show. They're barely noticing the clothing in the show. They're so busy thinking about themselves that they're barely even paying attention to the show and you're running off to do this fashion show for no money like it's the most important thing in the world so you can throw that hashtag up there but again might not be the best opportunity I don't know all right anyway that's just some thoughts that I had uh, this week again would love the feedback feel free uh, comment on YouTube if you're watching the iTunes, if you're listening to the iTunes version make an effort go over to my Instagram comment let me know what you guys want us to talk about here and we'll try to get to it if there's questions or certain topics, whatever. We'll get to it and I always tell you guys, thank you for listening. I'm honored that you listen to this when you can go on YouTube or iTunes and have thousands of hours of choices of what you're going to listen to when you take a couple of minutes to listen to this. I appreciate it. I try to make it worthwhile. So thank you. I'll see you guys next time.